0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Texans escape in Mile High Stadium thanks to a missed 51-yard field goal. Oh my goodness, they get their sixth in a row after an 0-3 start, 19-17, the final score. Welcome aboard everybody, Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast podcast your regular host along with co-host Brian Patterson from fansideshouseofhouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And sorry if I sound like garbage because I feel like garbage. I got a chest cold. It's got me a little bit questionable day to day, but Brian – I need some snaps from you, like uh, Greg
1: Mance uh, gave to the Texans. Uh, what are your opening thoughts? The Texans deserve this one. Did they deserve to win? Absolutely, they did. You know what they needed to do to go out there and to win this game. You know it wasn't pretty, and they could have done more. Especially try to stop that fourth down. at fourth, you know, it was fourth and eight, and you know Case came converted over to Emmanuel Sanders to get them within field goal range, but Brandon McManus went wide right and. There you go. That's the ball game. But uh, it was a combination of luck. Yet, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of our guys on defense, especially, you know, Whitney Merciless came to play today. J.J. Watt always comes to work. Clowney looked good. Um, we're going to talk about some of the guys that, you know, that stood that stood up for, you know, the defense as well. We're going to go into detail with that. But it was a little bit of luck. And, you know, sometimes, as Bill O'Brien says, it's hard to win in the NFL And, uh, (laughs) yeah, we know in the NFL and, uh, we just kind of have to, you know, take it for what it is uh, on the surface.
0: Yeah. One of the things I was sort of questioning if, if I was a Broncos fan, I, I wouldn't have been happy about this. You know, he gets to the point where they're in field goal range and they had a timeout, you know, you, you, you were within field goal range for a long field goal, but I mean, I'm, I'm just not assuming that. And I get it. It's mile high stadium. You get the ball in the air and it's likely to go if it's fifty some odd yards. You don't have to really try as hard, but it's still, you know, fifty one yard. You know, it's still going to be a long field goal. And they just played it out like we're we're happy with you know kicking around a fifty yard field goal. You know, to me, if I were the Broncos, you know, that's not what I would be about. But Brian, let, let me just ask you this: I mean, the Texans, uh, they get their sixth straight win, and a lot of these have been pretty ugly i mean you can't say well they've dominated except for a couple of games the miami game the jacksonville game of course but uh i I just think part of it is just learning how to win right you just got to learn how to do that and you got to figure out a way and and the nfl that's sometimes you know that that's all there is to it and uh yeah i mean they're in position to win these
1: games and that's the key and if you're in position to win in the nfl
0: You know, you get a break here or there, and and it could happen.
1: Just the way the offense uh, came out uh, today, just, you know, I was thinking they were – setting the tone of this is what we were going to see. It was a quick four-minute drive. You know, Deshaun Watson, you know, gets it out there to Jordan Thomas uh, out in the red zone, and you know, there we go. I was just thinking that things were going to go that way. But as you look at the time of possession between the two teams, you know, we held on to the ball five minutes longer to the Broncos. You know, that that's typically not something that we, that would be characterized uh, as us. We're usually used to, you know, getting off the field pretty quickly. What's What's
0: different, though, right there, it's a good point that you make because I feel like the Texans, uh, it wasn't the typical thing on offense where they did the little quick no huddle once they got the first first down of the drive. That was totally different. They were um, taking their time uh, through these drives. And, uh, yeah, I I felt like they were like, well, we're going to run the ball. We're going to try to do it even if it means that, you know, it's a short run or something like that. And the running game – you know, it wasn't as good as it was against Miami. Although Miami is a poor run defense, and we knew that, but I think the thing with the Texans in this game was that you know they they just uh, th- there wasn't the sense of urgency that they that they have on offense, and and it, maybe it was just part of the game plan because they knew, you know, we, we we've lost some guys. Uh, we, we're at Mile High Stadium. Uh, this isn't a team that's going to necessarily. Uh, blow us out so if we if we can just keep in the game and stay in it till the end uh, something good could happen and they got that something good but uh, did you notice that was that something that just I noticed or or did you notice that they they seemed a little bit more patient with the offense
1: yeah which is surprising to me but um, yeah the the Deshaun was getting the time that he needed when the offensive line you know as we know it was there he was getting all the time in the world to, to throw uh, he was just sitting there. He could have called his mom. He sent a few quick texts, ordered dinner for tonight. You know, the, the, that's the kind of time that he had in the pocket to make his decision. Um, there were some questionable throws that he that he executed. Uh, but overall, you know, he, he did make mostly good decisions. You know, that last, oh, it was on the last drive before we, you know, gave it back to the Broncos uh, in the fourth quarter toward the end of the game where he throws it to DeAndre Hopkins, but yet, you know, instead of getting it to him right in his chest, you know, or getting it to him right to toward his shoulder. It was it was behind him. Yeah, it was behind him on that throw. And, and he didn't lead
0: him on that pass. Yeah. And there, there was maybe one other pass. But, you know, typically Deshaun is pretty darn accurate. But he takes yeah. his time. I mean, it's not something where Deshaun's going to do that quick three, you know, one, two, three, the ball's gone. And that's where... This offensive line, there's a lot of pressure on him because he'll wait and wait and wait and wait. And there's not these, it doesn't seem like there are these quick developing patterns. And without Kiki QT in this game, again, hopefully, you know, he's going to be back soon. But without QT as an option underneath that's always available and always open, it's difficult for the Texans uh, to get that maybe quick thing. And and Demarius Thomas, he's going to do some stuff for you, but he's not somebody that's like a. Quick, you know, out of his break, bam, he's open. He's going to be somebody that's going to have to fight. He's kind of a not, maybe not exactly like the last year or two of Andre Johnson, but sort of like that because uh, you know he's going to he's going to have a guy draped on him a lot of times, and you're going to have to you know hit him at in, in, in a point where he can make the catch and he can outbattle the guy, S- same way DeAndre is uh, at times. But I mean that that's how I see Demarius, and I mean, but they did even though it cost him timeouts and he he didn't look like he was uh, familiar with the playbook late in the game. And and that hurt a little bit. But without him in that first drive, and that was the Texans' uh, big opening drive touchdown. Without that, I mean, where are they? And that sort of set the tone for the game. Most of the first half was that first drive.
1: I just think that with Demarius, uh, one of his, you know, traits that that's going to ensure that he's still a valuable asset over Wolf fuller right now at this moment is his experience with route running i mean he uh, is one of the best at it i mean he's a veteran his speed of course has taken a knock uh it's, he's he's getting older he's not as fast as will fuller but once he gets a grasp of this offense and also you know that route tree you know what whatever he needs to go out there and run uh i think he's going to be just fine and pretty much you know the plays are the same, but you know, they just call it different things, you know, from team to team. So you know, unless you're Bill O'Brien, unless you have a few more tricks, uh, you know, in your bag that you want to throw out there. But again, it's just going to be learning what the signals are, what the code names are, all that information there. But I think he is a nice pickup for uh, the Houston Texans. I, I personally wanted the Sean Jackson. I don't know what the value was uh, for him or whether he was even available. The rate uh, the, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, wanted to give him up, but and in Golden Tate too, he went from a third rounder. I think we got good value, you know, for a fourth rounder for Demarius Thomas, but two catches for 49 yards um, right off the bat. I'm very encouraged with what I'm seeing so far, but it looks like We've got a little ways to go with his learning curve, and I think he's going to be uh, just fine for the Houston Texans.
0: Bill O'Brien made a play call early in the game that was interesting, and I want to get your thoughts on that in just a second. Uh, you can sort of ponder that, Brian, wonder which one I'm talking about, but I think you'll, you'll know right. it. But uh, if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, tell your friends. We're on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, and iTunes. You can support us also by sharing our show links with your social media followers and take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. If people continue to listen, if we get added listeners, we're going to keep doing this and we're doing it daily. And we're trying to keep your drive to work fun for you. If you're a Texans fan and we hope we're doing that. And you can email us at lockdowntexans at mail at mail.com for questions or comments, because we also want you to be a part of the conversation. We don't get any emails or I'd be telling you about them. We get like one or two and they're very rare. So uh, just let us know, and we, we will definitely respond on the emails. But uh, uh, let's talk about our partners over at MyBookie because uh, maybe you want to make a little money off these NFL games if you know what's going on or you know even some of the NBA games as is, is that's gotten underway uh, over the last couple of weeks. And if you'd like to do it, mybookie.ag. That's where you need to go. Remember who you're betting on. It's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site Super easy to use, and we can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way to MyBookie because you win and they pay. They have in-game live betting over-unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the biz. And if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now. And my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code locked on twenty-five to activate the offer. Locked on twenty-five. Visit my bookie online today. And if you wait till six PM, you get an extra twenty-five dollar free play by using that promo code. It's again it's locked on twenty-five. Go ahead, wait till after dinner. Take the extra money because my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Brian. The, the Texans early in the game, they drive. Uh, they're in field goal range. It would have been a relatively easy field goal. It's fourth down and one. What did you think of that whole situation? The way it played out. Do you agree with what Bill O'Brien did? I- I- any of that?
1: The situation uh, with, with the field goal. He made the best call he could. You know, at at that time. Do you remember what I'm talking
0: about? It, this okay. Let me set it up for people might have forgotten. There, it's fourth and one. They're at the twenty. I think they're at the twenty-one or twenty. It was around the twenty-yard line and okay. Bill O'Brien goes for it they get stuffed on a on an i-back run in the backfield and you get nothing out of that i mean i'll tell you what uh, you seemed like you were okay with it i'm gonna tell you what i thought uh, i'm fine with going for it but this is a problem with the texans that i have all the time is that they don't seem to want to do a quarterback sneak on short yardage you got Deshaun Watson he's one of the most athletic and most gifted quarterbacks athletically And all the NFL, Tom Brady, I see doing quarterback sneaks on short yardage when it's third and fourth and one all the time. I see other quarterbacks do it that are much less mobile, that are much less athletic than uh, Deshaun Watson. He can jump over piles. Uh, He's got, you know, the the great uh, quickness off a start. So I, I just don't understand why they won't do the quarterback sneak. I, I guess I was fine with the goal. I, I like the aggressiveness. I'm always going to side on being aggressive, uh, especially early in games like that. Uh, but I tell you, Brian, I, I just I don't understand why the Texans think at this point in the season that they're going to get one yard on a running play when they've been bad on short yardage run plays. I mean, golly, the whole season. It's that's that is the Texans.
1: And Bradley Chubb and Von Miller were all over the place. I mean, uh, we uh, barely managed to get, you know, close to 50 yards uh, from our backs uh, today. So right around that amount. And, you know, Lamar Miller had been rushing for for triple digits for the past uh, two weeks. And so it – we knew that this there was going to be difficulties with that, and the confidence of that goes to show the confidence he had, you know, in his back to go out there. Uh, I believe it was Alfred Blue on that play to go and get that yard, but you know he was stuffed. You
0: you were you were good with that. You were good with the run play. Then I, I take it
1: when you're looking at the situation and you you look at how things have gone with the run in the day. Maybe something different should have been decided at in that situation. Yeah, but- it
0: sounds like you're just, you're really hedging your bets here. You're not sure. Uh, to me, I haven't, I've got, you know, I've got to be pissed off if I'm a Texans fan because it just hasn't worked this year. The other thing is, you know, the other option that you have, if you're not going to do a quarterback sneak is to roll Deshaun Watson out somehow and, and let him use his athletic ability. But somehow Deshaun needs to decide that because Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue, I'm sorry, Brian they're not in, they're not good running backs. They are just guys. I mean they're they're nothing special. They're not going to make a play for you. The offensive line is not a great running offensive line. I mean they have their moments, but they're not that great at just, you know, man man on man blocking. We're going to knock you off the ball. They they're just not. I mean they they don't have the size. They don't have the strength outside of Maybe Davenport, who's big for, for his position. But, I mean, do we expect Lamb to knock anybody off the ball or Kelamete or Nick Martin? I don't.
1: And when you talked about a rollout with Deshaun, you know, you're playing with fire if you if you try to put that play out there. You know, he has been accurate. He has been making good decisions as of late. But
0: a rollout but- with – I'm talking about with the – you know, the best option for a roll, in, a, in a rollout situation is if, if the guy's open early, if the tight end's there, uh, then boom, you got that. But if not, Deshaun – And the likely thing that's going to happen is Deshaun's going to run for, for a first down. Anyway, it sounds like you and I totally disagree on, on what they did with that one, but let's go on uh, to a couple of the other things that, you know, just struck me from this game. And uh, Kareem Jackson is just, he's all over the place right now. Uh, And, and mostly he was making some great tackles, but uh, he missed a tackle at one point uh, that cost a first down. And, Uh, But he wasn't the only one. You know, the thing that uh, was frustrating from a defensive standpoint is the Texans are usually good tacklers. And, you know, they shouldn't be tired. They should have been well rested. They had 10 or 11 days off. And maybe it was the mile high air or something like that. But it it seemed like it was going on from the beginning of the game. I don't know if you noticed that, but they missed a lot of tackles. And and, and that's what made the game closer than it it should have been. Because the Texans have been mostly sure-handed tacklers throughout the season.
1: I'm with you on that. The
0: other thing that uh, struck me on defense, and and it's a concern, and hopefully you can get Cunningham or Jonathan Joseph back soon because they were both out for this game. And the 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 uh, the, the middle ground plays; those are the ones that that really concern me more than the long shots because, uh, especially without Zach Cunningham, I mean you don't have Dylan Cole, Brian Peters not good in coverage. You know, I saw him get beat uh, once or twice pretty badly by the, the tight ends were. We're doing some things out there for the Broncos, and that's going to be a concern as long as there's no Zach Cunningham. Because remember, you don't got Dylan Cole either. And Bernardrick McKinney, you know, the reason why he got Dylan Cole and Zach Cunningham to begin with is because he wasn't good in coverage, and Bernardrick McKinney uh, had that issue. I mean, he, he was the one that gave up the touchdown. I don't want him uh, in, in any sort of big coverage down near the goal line. You know, I'd prefer him, you know, running after the quarterback, or I'd prefer him out of the game in a situation like that you know cuz that was a that was one where you know that was a uh, the Broncos were going to throw that one and, and and that's a big concern I don't know about you but that's huge for me with the Texans is they they got to get you know it's a big thing for them to get Cunningham back because they just don't have the they don't have the depth right now without Cunningham and, and Dylan Cole
1: with mcKenney he was definitely you know missing uh, a few tackles a key one was uh, definitely toward uh, the end of the game uh, because Case Keenum was going a whole bunch uh, to Jeff Ewerman and you know he ended up with 10, 10 catches for 83 yards uh, for you know today's game and then plus you know the touchdown catch of uh, course so you know just you know having that extra deft, you know, having that guy uh, out there, you don't have Dylan Cole, because then if, if he was available, if he was healthy, this wouldn't be too much of a worry. But, you know, you're really down to, you know, trying to get your guys out in the street uh, to make a play. And, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, something that is is concerning. But yet, um, you know, certainly we hope to see Zach Cunningham uh, as soon as possible. You know, you got the bye week. You're going to play the Redskins on the road uh, the following week. You just want to have all your guys there, you know, in in coverage. The other thing that
0: bothers me, and we we talked about the – Difficulty that the Texans have when it's third and fourth and one when they're in short yards on offense, it's not good. But on on defense, too. I mean, Brian, when was the last time you saw the Texans stop anybody on third or fourth down and one? It just doesn't happen.
1: That's of concern too, but what's been masking it is the you know incredible play of J.J. Watt, uh, you know Jadavion Clowney, you know the emergence of Whitney Merciless, That kind of masks that, and plus we have been well, it
0: it in that they're not getting to short. The other teams might not get to short yardage a bunch, but you know that's it's where you're going to turn yourself into like now the Texans look like. They're a playoff team. I mean, they, they've got a, a, a stranglehold, a semi-stranglehold on the AFC South. they got two weeks to prepare for the next game. Uh, but if, if you're going to win in the playoffs, you've got to figure out a way to get off the field when it's third or fourth and one. And, and what the Texans need to do, I mean, they got two weeks right now. They need to concentrate this coaching staff, this these players, practice, whatever. Short yardage, like all day long. That's what they need to be working on because – If there's anything that they do poorly, uh, I mean, that kills me. The other thing that just drives me nuts is it's especially late. I mean, when this happens late in games, I want to pull my hair out. But you cannot get 10, 15 yards off the other team's wide receivers if you're the Texans defensive backs. I mean, cornerbacks get up in their face, make it hard for them, make it. You know, don't give Case Keenum like, oh, I can get hit this guy for five yards. And then he gets into space and then anything can happen. And that play where the Texans get a couple of penalties, they back up the Broncos. I think it was second and 25. And then there was that throw that all of a sudden it's third and eight. And it looked as easy as anything because the Texans were just sitting way the hell off of them. And if I'm Case Keenum, that's, the, all, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to get third down to be third and manageable you got JJ Watt and Clowney. You know if you get up against the receivers that, and and you get you make give just give Clowney and Watt one extra second in a in a must pass situation like they're in right right there and, and merciless and, and all those guys, then something's going to happen bad for the Broncos. But instead, the Texans do this over and over again. They just get way too far off the other team's wide receivers, and you, you, I mean you're just you're giving them the chance to have something good happen, have a guy get into the open field. That drives me up the wall. I'm sick of talking about it.
1: Well, you can kind of chalk it up to, well, Kareem Jackson I think really uh, went out there and, and gave it his best, and he I didn't see as much out of him, but you're asking, you know, Charisse Wright, you know, guys like Mike Tyson, uh, to do things like this. Uh, you know, you, you wonder if things would have been different had Jonathan Joseph been uh, healthy. So I think Charisse Wright and, and Mike Tyson have, you know, been decent, you know, in the time that they've been here. Uh, know, T- T- Tyson's for- the safety. It's basically what is it? Charisse
0: Wright, Kareem Jackson. I mean, that, that, that's who I'm talking about. I, you know, and Sharice Wright, it's not like he's a rookie or he's in a second or third year. It's a veteran guy. I mean, I get it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you don't trust Sharice Wright as much, but what you do is like, hey, Sharice, you get up on him and we're going to have somebody, you know, a little bit further downfield. So if he gets by you, if you get beat bad, we got help downfield, but le- don't just let him go unchecked. You know, give him a. Give them a little bit of a shove off the line. Make it a little bit difficult. I mean, you know, maybe I'm just old school NFL guy, but it, it, you know, they're not the only team that does this crap. And it just, it drives me up the wall. Okay. I've got uh, to give a little props to somebody that, you know, I just don't know if Texans fans uh, have given enough props to what this guy's been able to do so far. Uh, But first, just a reminder that our Locked on Texans NBA podcast with David Locke has added Sam Amick from The Athletic, formerly of USA Today, and Ben Goliver of SI to the weekly lineup. And also, if you listen to Locked On NFL, you'll hear former Texans Sage Rosenfels every week, along with ESPN's Mike Sando, and pro football focus's Mike Reno. So make Locked On NBA and Locked On NFL part of your regular listening. All right, Brian. Uh, one thing that I, I wanted to cover, and, you know, <sighs> Brian Game. Gain- I don't know if people are talking about it enough, but this was another very good referendum on Brian Gain type game because Justin Reed with the force fumble and 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 then recovers it, An incredible play by Justin Reed. That's your third round pick, Justin Reed. You know we've talked about it ad nauseum. He's been so good. Jordan Thomas three touchdowns now in two games for a rookie tight end, a six round pick. Demarius Thomas uh, didn't do a whole lot, like we said, but. Uh, it's his first game, and he did give you uh, that touchdown drive and that opening drive where you picked up a bunch of yards thanks to him. So Brian game one move after another, looking good. I-, I would say the only thing that's bothering me right now, I-, I thought I would like a lot more of what Jordan Reed has done, and I also thought Martinez Rankin might have done one positive thing. Martinez Rankin comes in for Kendall Lamb for a couple of plays when Lamb went out of the game uh, with a a little injury, thankfully Lamb came back in there because Martinez Rankin again. They keep putting him at tackle. It keeps being a disaster. Rankin gives up a sack to LeVon Miller, but the I mean, very
1: first snap he comes out there, yeah, the very first one.
0: <laughs> exactly, very first snap. And yeah. but Brian Kane, I mean, you know, most of these moves that he's made, whether it's the draft picks, uh, whether it's the trade, Sharice um, Wright. You know, you can argue, and I might argue with you, that uh, that play, that uh, th- that long pass should have been a touchdown. Sharice Wright knocks it out of Cortland Sutton's oh, hands. Yeah. Um, I-, I think Cortland Sutton didn't catch it, you know, on the first part, and he was trying to sort of find the handle on the ball, and that's when Sharice knocked it out, and they get-, get a little bit lucky there, but Sharice Wright was right there, and he did what he was supposed to do, and it worked, and he got him, but Brian Gain, I mean, a lot of his moves have looked really strong. The offensive line, we're still it's a work in progress, but they're they're looking better.
1: Good point about Jordan Aitkins. I just think that they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. Luckily they have the luxury of having a whole bunch of tight ends. You still have Ryan Griffin around, but you obviously know that you've got you've struck some gold with Jordan Thomas. You know this. This guy has three career touchdowns now as a rookie, and um he's still not getting the attention quite that I thought he would get by now. Knowing that he can get into the red zone and can catch footballs, and um, is just as a bad of a threat as as any of our guys uh, on offense. Uh, you know, with outside of uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So, I, 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 you know, looking at the draft so far, you know. You know, notwithstanding, uh, you know, Martinez Rankin right now, because he's just in a situation where he probably should not be playing tackle. And I don't know why the Texans think that he should be uh, in. They think that they can morph him into one. Um, You know, we talked about this on past shows that, you know, he's more suited, you know, with his skill set to be a guard. Um, And I think that eventually they're going to go on and eat crow and decide to to move him back to his more natural position. Kiki
0: QT, if he's on the field, it's a great pick. It's just getting yeah. him out there. Come on, Kiki, with that hamstring. We know you're doing what you can, but uh the Texans somehow have gotta figure out how to uh do a you know, some sort of one of those hamstrings that you create out of a lab and maybe replace it with the ones that he's got I don't know what you got to do but somehow he's got to go to Germany <laughs> that
1: doctor that Kobe went to I don't
0: <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's it. Germany and right. Kobe. That's that might be the ticket. But somehow they got to figure out a way to get him out there but boy if you have QT and Reed and and uh, Jordan Thomas and you know even Edgefor is giving you uh some plays here and there this year uh he you know he had, he's had his moments um, hopefully he looked like he got banged up in this game. Hopefully yeah. he'll be okay. But, you know, they got the bye now. So a couple a couple of these guys should be coming back. I mean, you mentioned Ryan Griffin, Brian. I, I tell you what, um, I, I, I've kind of had it with Ryan Griffin because yeah. he's such a poor blocker. Man, if they had somebody that could just block it tight end, and I know Jordan Thomas is not blocking, but at least he's catching some touchdowns and he's a rookie and, and, and he's got to go through this learning curve. Uh, Jordan Aiken's I don't know if he's ever going to be a good blocker that's not his game he doesn't have the body type but it, it's not just that Ryan Griffin it's not just that he's not big and he doesn't maybe have the body for it but he just can't get in front of guys and there's just guys that just get you know if you're if you're not going to be big at least be quick to the point where guys just can't get around you and there's just running plays uh where or or even passing plays where I'm just like man just make him at least run you over instead of uh running around you i mean you're ryan griffin you you, you at least can be you can at least outquick some of these guys.
1: Looking on the other side of the football with uh, Jeff Hureman, uh just a guy that, you know, he kind of reminded me of C.J. Fedorowitz, a big tight end that can block, and he was able to get those big chunks of yardage like I talked about earlier. You know, he's, he's everything that C.J. Fedorowitz should have done. I'm wondering why Ryan Griffin uh, is not able to go out there uh, and do that. Just two different types of players. And, um, you know, honestly, I think that, you know, when you look at things, you know, next season, you know, of course, not I don't see him here, but um, I, I definitely see a, a a bright bright future for uh, Jordan Thomas as he's only going to continue to get it and get better. And you know, he may morph into our number one. I don't know if they're going to do this uh, multiple tight end <laughs> type thing, carrying all these tight ends on the roster, but um, but but Jordan Thomas has really earned himself a spot on this roster as a sixth rounder, by the way.
0: Yeah, three tight ends, though. That's 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 kind of normal. I mean, I think most NFL teams carry three because you got a lot of two tight end sets. And and, I mean, that's not unusual. I guess, you know, I'm going to give my, my, a one last thought and, and Brian, if you've got any more thoughts on the game, any more notes from this one, but uh, AJ Moore picks up a personal foul penalty on special teams. This was early in the game. Uh, I want to say that it was, uh, which drive was it? It was the, as I looked this up, um, It was the second drive of the game. A.J. Moore gets the special teams penalty. It sort of led to a field goal because they just needed eight plays and 25 yards, I think, on that drive to get in McManus' field goal range for him to kick the field goal. But the happy part of that is I was actually surprised that the Texans got a special teams penalty. Remember the days when you were surprised when they didn't get a penalty? Remember the days of, like, Eddie Pleasant out there getting a penalty every single uh, punt coverage uh, defensive? I mean, or even on even when they weren't covering. I mean, on the other side, it was a penalty. That's what we haven't seen this year. We haven't seen special teams penalties. It is a refreshing change. Is there, is there anything that, that I missed, anything that we didn't talk about, any other notes
1: that you got? Yeah, I, I do. And, and just, you know, kind of picking back off of what you said, that goes to Brad Seeley and just showing up you know, the special teams. Typically every, you know, when we were doing this last year, you know, we would talk about the special teams every single game. What did they do this time? But we really haven't talked about them, and that is definitely a good thing. Usually we're talking about all the good that we're seeing. No, they're not going to be perfect, but uh, that that's certainly a good thing. That's one sure thing, you know, that you can see out of this team. We did. We did not touch on Tyron Matthew. I don't. I don't know if you remember. It was, he lowered his head to make the contact, and he was, uh, you know, thrown flag was thrown because of this. What did you think about that play? And he came down, lowering his head.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a great d- explanation by Gene Steratore that basically, yeah, more yeah, or less, yeah. said the 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 referees were incorrect, and I mean that was, you know, I miss Gene Steratore because I thought he was one of the best. Refs in the NFL and these guys, every time uh, there was a penalty, it looked like uh, it was a meeting of the United Nations out there. I mean, we we were going through like translation and, you know, what you know? what do you speak keeper? Can we get a translator out for this? Let's get another 14 guys in the huddle and, you know, whatever. But Sarah described it. He said, look, uh, he lowered his shoulder. That's what you're supposed to do. The only thing it could have been is a defenseless. Uh, receiver but if the receiver is trying to run if he becomes a runner then he is no longer a receiver and then that's not a penalty and basically Steratore was saying it wasn't a penalty and i think that was uh the correct call and these officials it's hard i don't get too super mad about a lot of this stuff because it happens so fast that sometimes i can't see it and it looks bad sometimes that you know it looks so bad you're going well I look like that, that should have been a penalty. Like it's your at the first thing and you know, I'm a Texans fan, so you're upset. It's Ty Matthew gets a penalty and that's bad. It's a big point in the game, but at the same time, uh, you know, I mean, if I'm a ref out there, uh, that's what it looked like. It looked bad at the beginning. So, you know, th- those ones I don't get, I don't get super upset about, um, you know, because it is—it's so fast, it really is, and it's—it's it's unfa- it's almost unfair for these officials sometimes to to try to do this.
1: I mean, but that's why you have replay, and it was just one of those plays where. But, but they-, they can't
0: read. like Torres said, or like the guy said. They, I don't think they can review this stuff. Yeah, yet. this isn't college football. You can, the mm-hmm. NFL, they're not, they're not doing this stuff where it's reviewable, and that's, you know, do we want to? Do we need more reviews? Do we want to make the game longer? May- maybe we do if we, we want to try to get it right. But these reviews just take forever sometimes when you just go i could look at this in two seconds and go okay it's a bad call let's move i mean we i mean we we see like in major league baseball it's the same thing they'll take you know 10 minutes to do a review that we see one replay and it's like it's obvious that's the call let's get the game going let's start it again but anything else that you saw that jumped out at you before we uh, close things out
1: Uh, zach volton's back and you know with with kendall lamb on the right side That right set was stout today, and and when Kendall Lamb left the game with his injury, you notice how things deteriorated at that point. Von Miller was able to come in on that side and get to Deshaun Watson. He started racking up sacks. Uh, I believe he had two um, if, if I remember just shortly thereafter, he, he went out of the game. So, uh say what you want about Kendall Lamb, but, uh, he has been significantly solid, uh, for the Houston Texans, uh, since, you know, making the switch, uh, a couple of weeks back and, uh, certainly hope the guy's okay. I think he'll probably be back after the, uh, the bye week, but, uh, just wanted to, to mention that, uh, as well. The, the, the
0: stunts, um, I do want to say that they're still having issues with stunts. The Texans offensive line, I saw uh, they, they ended up, uh, th- that was the play where Greg Mance kind of sacked. No, it wasn't Greg Mance. It was Nick Martin s- sacked Deshaun Watson on a play. But the the, the, <laughs> the reason why there was a mess going on at that time was that Lamb and Fulton, uh, you know, they, they did a stunt with those two guys and and, and they couldn't handle that stunt and if, if I'm a defense right now, if I'm looking at tape, that's what I'm doing. Is you, you start with the Texans because the communication isn't there yet. I mean, this offensive line just hasn't been together long enough, and maybe that's a, Mike Devlin needs to train him better to communicate. Maybe it's he needs to um, do something as far as uh, how they were able to handle something like that. I I don't know. I'm not an offensive line coach. I don't know how that goes. Uh, I'm sorry if uh, you people out there that might know that stuff are going, why aren't you saying this or that? But, yeah, that, that that's a little bit of a concern. And, yeah, you were about to say that Kelamete, uh got got banged up. So maybe Greg Mance gets out there a little bit more. And, and I don't think that would be such a bad thing. It's just the Texans have no depth. So if anybody else goes down, then who do you go to? I mean, that's the problem the Texans You know, but who's going to have depth? I mean, who's going to have a lot of depth in the offensive line? It's tough because most teams carry seven or eight guys. So one or two guys go down. All of a sudden you're in you're in trouble.
1: I just wanted to say Case Keenum really wanted to win this game in the worst way. Just you know, he always has a sense of urgency when he plays, but I think he took it to another level this game. Slow start, but then he really started to get it. They did a lot of play action with him, a lot of rollouts. He was able to be productive uh, with that. And I think Case did everything he po- could possibly do to put his situ- put the, his team in the Win. you know, it was all on Shane McManus, but uh, I know it's kind of a, a, a tough pill for him to swallow because you know, just all with what had been said from Bill O'Brien saying that he would, you know, he would never be more than a third string quarterback, he wanted to go out there and uh, beat his former coach, and it was just something that was out of his control, the whole situation there, but um. But uh, Case Keenum deserves to be in this league, and uh, there's there's no question uh, about it that that he is in this league and he's going to be here to stay. Um, I don't know when what capacity, but uh, I, I think that he is a reliable, decent quarterback that can help teams win games.
0: Uh, this year it's looking more like he's just an, a little bit average or below average. Last year it looked like maybe he could be a little bit better than that with the Vikings, but they had – so many great great guys in place. I mean, Adam Thielen's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL this year, and you, you know what he can do. And they, they got Stephon Diggs, and that they, they, they had a lot of pieces around him uh, that helped out. Not to say that Denver doesn't, but you know, he just everything just isn't going perfectly as for him as this year as it did last year. But yeah, of course, Case Keenum wanted to win. I mean, I yeah, I don't think that's a big breaking breaking news story. But uh, yeah, the, the Texans. They'll pull it out in 1917. We're going to talk about a lot of different things over the next couple of weeks because the Texans have a bye, but we got to start assessing this team as they go to this final stretch. And and hopefully, you know, we, we got to seriously talk about this. Maybe playoff stretch that maybe the Texans get in the playoffs yet again. Maybe they can get the AFC South. They're, they're definitely in a hell of a position right now. The schedule, you know, a little tougher maybe than it's been the last few weeks, but it's not super tough from here on out it's not that bad so the texans can they get 10 wins they're they're six and three they would have to go just four and four to get 10 wins this season the rest of the way i mean that's not asking for too much but what we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that but uh hey in this one the final score uh 1917 texans uh thank goodness mcmanus missed the field goal and the texans get their sixth win in a row deshaun watson he was okay, 17-24, to 24, 213 yards, two touchdowns. Big thing for him again. Once again, no interceptions, zero. Probably should have mentioned that earlier, but he took care of the football. He is game manager Deshaun right now. That's all you want him to be. He did his job. The Texans did the job. They got it done. Again, 1917, the final. LockedOnTexans.com. Don't forget to go there. Plenty of great work by a litany of writers that we got Working on different pieces. Also, you can read Brian's work on the Texans, Astros, and Rockets on HouseOfHouston.com. My Houston Sports Talk podcast. Don't don't forget to check that out this week because there's a great interview. You don't have to be even be a sports fan for this. You don't have to be anything. You can just be a fan of comedy because I've got a guy, an Andy Huggins, who was on America's Got Talent. Uh, just a a great story at 68. He had a really nice run on America's Got Talent, and this was a guy. 40 years ago that was at the comedy store in LA and hanging around with David Letterman and Jay Leno and Robin Williams and Richard Pryor and Michael Keaton. And Oh my God, you got to listen to this story from Andy Huggins. Some really fun stuff there, but uh, we we've got a a Texans insider coming up in tomorrow's show. That's scheduled for tomorrow. I'll tease you with that. Uh, But that's all we got for this one. A happy final for the Texans as they move to six and three. And as always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.